Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the major as well. Your one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey Majors, welcome back. This week we're looking at the third instalment of the Tales of the Zodiac and we're going to be looking at Gemini. It's Greek mythology, so there is a trigger warning today in the fact that I talk about sexual assault. The constellation of Gemini rules May 20th till June 21st, meaning twins in Latin. It came from the half-twins called Castor and Pollux, or Polydeuces, as he's sometimes known. Collectively, they were called the Dioscuri, meaning youths of Zeus. Zeus was struck on Queen Leda of Sparta. So great was his desire that he disguised himself as a swan. Pretending to escape an eagle that was hunting him, he flew into the arms of Leda and then raped her. Later that night, she lay with her husband, King Tenedarius. As a result, she gave birth to two sets of children by laying two eggs. In one set was Helen, the Helen of Troy, and Pollux, fathered by Zeus, and in the other set, in the other egg, Castor and Clytemnestra, fathered by Tyndarius. Clytemnestra would come to marry Agamemnon, who would lead the war against Troy, and she would later come to kill him, once he returned, for sacrificing the daughter. Also, Castor and Pollux, who had different fathers, were twins. Now, I didn't know it was possible to have twins by different fathers, but it is. It's called heteropaternal superfecundation, and it happens about one in every 400 twins. So, there you go. Castor and Pollux grew up together in the Spartan Palace, 
and regardless of who their fathers were, they were inseparable. They didn't strive for leadership, and nor did they compete with each other. It's said that they inspired the dual kingship which Sparta is famous for. They looked similar, dressed the same, and they never argued. Having a brother, I know this is definitely a myth. Pollux being immortal was famous for his strength and was a great boxer, whilst Castor was skilled with horses and actually taught Hercules to fence. Jason was looking for heroes to join his quest for the Golden Fleece, and the twins signed up without hesitation and became well loved by the other heroes on their journey. Pollux's skills in boxing came in useful when the Argonauts came to Bithynia. They landed on the shore looking for water when King Amicos, a son of Poseidon, challenged them to fight. He did this to anyone who arrived in his land and would fight them till death. Pollux was stirred by the man's arrogance and took him up on his challenge. Now Pollux ended up killing Amicos with one blow, supposedly to the elbow, though some sources say it was his head that instantly splintered. They carried on with their journey, and once the fleece was obtained, the twins proved invaluable once again. Storms plagued the band of heroes as they left the mouth of the Rhone and travelled to Stauchades Islands. It's not said how, but the crew owed their safety to the twins, so much so that they became the patron saints to sailors. It also wasn't the only time that the twins saved the crew this way. During one of these storms, stars fell from the sky and floated above their heads, which is also how they became associated with St. Elmo's fire. Now, St. Elmo's fire is an electrical phenomenon, and it appears before storms due to significant imbalances in voltage between the clouds and the Earth's surface. Similar to lightning, but not quite. It forces the air particles to split and emit a blue light. The sailors looked out for the fire as omens. Two balls stood for the twins and was a good sign of protection, whilst one stood for Helen, their sister, and marked disaster. Hygenius, a Latin author, stated that they were given the ability to save shipwrecked sailors by Poseidon himself, and it's also said that he gifted them two white horses that they rode into battle with. Now that detail will be useful later, so bear it in mind. The ruler of Caledon, King Aeneas, was holding an annual festival to the harvest, although he forgot a detail that would cost him his peace of mind, Artemis. He missed her from his offerings. Insulted, Artemis let loose a huge wild boar that destroyed the land. People retreated to the city and locked themselves inside, where they slowly began to starve. Frantic, King Aeneas sent out messengers to find the best hunters in Greece. Men eager for a challenge accepted the invitation, including our twins Castor and Pollux. The hunters thrown into outcry when a woman attends called Atalanta, who suckled from the breast of Artemis herself. She strikes the boar first, before it's eventually hunted down and killed. Now she's offered the skin and the tusks of the beast by Meliega, but the man's uncles are disgusted. You may remember Meliega from the Heartbreak episode's poem. He had the prophecy that he would die when the last log in the fire at the time of his birth burnt. So to counter this, his mother ran to the log after giving birth and buried it. That guy. Well, Meliega's uncles, they're put out by the skin and demand that a woman shouldn't have it and that they should have it instead. Meliega kills them, to which his mother finds out, and so heartbroken and angry is she that she burns the log, thus killing Meliega. But he's also the son of King Aeneas. 
Artemis is satisfied, her revenge is complete. But that's not all, because a lot of the hunters turned on each other, and the hunt would go on to stir up a lot of problems. However, our twins were immune from this. They remained loyal and steadfast. Theseus, along with his mate Pyrithus, decide to abduct Helen and to make her Theseus's wife. They bring her back to his kingdom of Attica. Now, Pyrithus also wants a wife, and he decides he wants Persephone. I mean, why would you mess with the Queen of the Dead? I don't know, because you'll also bring in Hades into the mix. But anyway, off they go to the underworld. Now, Helen's brothers, the twins, they were very protective of her, and they come to her rescue. They also take Theseus's mother as a servant for Helen, and take them all back to Sparta, but not before installing a rival prince on Theseus's throne at Athens. Meanwhile, the kidnapping mission in Hades isn't going well. Hades catches them, and Pyrithus gets devoured by Cerberus, the three-headed dog. Theseus finally returns to his kingdom, only to be exiled by the prince, who has usurped his throne. Sad times for Theseus. The twins also help Jason take back his throne from Peleus, who ends up being killed by Medea, Jason's wife. The twins eventually decide that they want to marry Phoebe and Hilaria, but they were already betrothed to the twins' cousins, Idas and Lynceus. They don't care, and they steal the women away and have children with them. And this begins a family feud. They all decide to go on a cattle raid together, that is Castor, Pollux, Idas and Lynceus. And rather than split the cows equally, Idas decides to have a competition. He cuts up four huge pieces of meat and says whoever can eat their portion the quickest gets to take all the cows home. Idas is a giant and eats his piece easily. To prove a point, he also eats his brother's portion, and thus the cousins take home all the cows. The fight between the rival families here is perhaps a mythological explanation for the real feud between long-term rivals Sparta and the city-state Messenia. Now Helen decides to throw a dinner party, and Castor and Pollux are invited, as well as their cousins Idas and Lynceus, and finally Paris, the Prince of Troy, is also invited. Now Castor and Pollux realise the cows are unattended, and make an excuse to slip out the house to steal back the cows. Idas and Lynceus eventually catch on and realise what's happening, and go after them. Castor and Pollux realise they're being chased, and hide inside a tree, but Lynceus has already seen them. He can see in the dark, and has the nickname, the Lynx, and him and his brother attack the tree. Castor is killed outright, and Pollux manages to kill Lynceus, just as Idas is about to strike and kill Pollux. Zeus struck him down with lightning. Now, because Castor was from a mortal father, he was bound to Hades upon death. His brother Pollux was so distraught, he begged Zeus to intervene, take his life, or bring Castor back. Or in some versions, Zeus offers to bring Pollux into Olympia, to which Pollux says he can't live amongst the gods whilst his brother is trapped in Hades. Zeus decided to halve the immortality of Pollux and put them both in the sky as constellations, but half their time had to be spent in Hades. And this also relates to the fact that the constellation of Gemini can only be seen for half the year. Zeus also made them the patrons of the Olympic Games. Whilst this is all going down, Helen is still left with Paris, who makes his move and kidnaps her, triggering the Trojan War. But this isn't the end of their story. A Roman general, 
Aulus Postumius called on the twins in a fight against the Latins in the Battle of Lake Regillus in 484 BCE. Two young men riding white horses appeared and guided the Roman army to victory. They were seen once again after the battle, watering their horses at the Juntona Spring in Rome, and a temple on the site in their honour was built. Every 15th of July, the temple saw a cavalry parade, the Transvectio, where 5,000 men on horseback were led by two young men impersonating Castor and Pollux. A cult sprang up around them, where they were the patrons of sailors, horse riders, and racing. It originated in Sparta, but it quickly spread. And so powerful were these demigods that throughout history, soldiers attacking Sparta swore they saw this pair, and on a few occasions it actually caused the attacking army to back off. Pear trees were sacred to the twins, and their images would be hung in the tree's branches. Also, a Spartan oath was to swear by the two men. The Celts also worshipped Castor and Pollux, and a shrine to them was actually found in Paris. Now, the stars of Castor and Pollux are not only recognised as twins in the ancient world, but also in Asia, Australia, by the Aborigines, and the Polynesians. Hygienius also said the constellation represents Apollo and Hercules, not twins, but still sons of Zeus. And to this day, to spot the stars of the Dioscuri in the sky is considered a lucky omen by sailors. Twins as a concept play a huge role in mythology. To name a few, we have Romulus and Remus, the founders of Rome. In the Mayan creation myth, we have the hero twins and how they overcame the underworld. There's also the twin war gods of the Navajo, and they undergo shamanic quests to find their father, the sun. The parents of divine twins are often solar deities, and there's usually a link to horses. But the twins in our story today represent brotherhood and the ties that last after death. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path. I also want to connect you to information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors World community, as well as being in the communal sugar pot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you'd wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com, and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork, the poem this week is called Homer's Hymn to Castrum Pollux by Percy Biss Shelley. Ye wild-eyed muses, sing the twins of Jove, whom the fair-ankled leader mixed in love, with mighty Saturn's heaven-obscuring child. On Tagatus, that lofty mountain wild, brought forth in joy, mild Pollux, void of blame, and steeds subduing Castor, heirs of fame. These are the powers who earth-born mortals save, and ships whose flight is swift along the wave, where wintry tempests over the savage sea are raging, and the sailors tremblingly call on the twins of Jove with prayer and vow, gathered in fear upon the lofty prow, and sacrifice with snow-white lambs the wind, 
and a huge billow bursting close behind, even then beneath the weltering waters bare, the staggering ship they suddenly appear, on yellow wings rushing athwart the sky, and lull the blasts in mute tranquillity, and strew the waves on the white ocean's bed, fair omen of the voyage, from toil and dread. The sailors rest, rejoicing in the sight, and plough the quiet sea in safe delight. Peace out, witches. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 